this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I'm Chris Marone. Hey, Chris. It's great to be back. We got a lot into the legal oh news. Gosh. We got the so Supreme much. Court update. They're back in the uh, the office. Uh, done with their summer vacations like the rest of us uh, mm-hmm. hitting the work. Apparently, people are still murdering. I hate to make light of it, but we got a new yeah. true crime story to to introduce to you as well. We got Ruby Frank's arrest. If you don't know who Ruby Frank is, well, then maybe you have a life. I don't know, but apparently she's yeah. a big deal there with millions of followers on no. YouTube or used to have millions of followers about her um, unique parenting, parenting style, which has now resulted in her arrest. And so we have Tim Ballard and our uh, that or, uh, Underground Railroad organization in the news as well. So mm-hmm. much to cover. Oh, and I forgot to mention the NFL. So, Chris, we have a lot to unpack today. But first, can we just make another plea uh, for you to give us a five-star love hug on the internet? I don't know how Please. you do that, but just go to our comment section. Give us five stars. Uh, do a like and a share. Uh, trust me, it does make a difference. Our, our numbers are going up, and so I, I think it's because you all are, are listening to us and following and doing and liking and sharing. So if you can keep that up, we'd greatly appreciate it. I also want to give a shout out to our comedy special that we are going to do here in now three weeks. It's going to be at the new improv, the improv theater here in Kansas city. And the, um, the links here would be links to those. You can get some tickets for it. It's called the presumed funny tour. And Chris, I think it's fair to say it's, you can presume this to be funny. I don't know. Is that, is that a fair assessment from that title? Yeah, it is. It's, I'm presuming going to have a good time. Is, that a, is, is it a guarantee, though? This, this is a nope. lawyer stuff. Nope. Good. No we guarantees. Can't, you can't no guarantees. Me. You cannot assume me if you're not entertained. That's All right. you can do is go there, and it, it will be a lot of fun. At least I will have a lot of fun. So, uh, again, that is uh, October 11th. The Presumed yep. the Funny Tours kickoff inaugural event in Kansas City at the Improv uh, Theater there in, um, uh, in Zona Rosa. All right. That being said, Chris, before we get started today in covering the legal news, I found this fascinating article that I just had to get your opinion on. So here's what happened. Maybe you read about this as well. I don't know. But Chris, where are you on the whole uh, smashing cake in one's face whole front? Uh, Are you pro smashing cake in someone's face or anti smashing cake in someone's face? Man, that's it depends on the face, man. Like. (laughs) I mean, no. Uh, I think at our wedding, I think I smashed cake. I don't know. It was so long ago. Okay. Back before like the internet or things like that. Well, That's apparently it. it's a, it's a thing. So the, it is a thing. It is definitely a thing. It is hundred yes. percent a thing. On Reddit, which I think we can now assume it is true. Uh, right. But on a news source out there. <laughs> yeah, I actually did not find this on Reddit. I found this on some reputable news source. I'm going to say it's reputable. I'm not going to mention the name. Okay, it's yep. Fox News, but whatever. Uh, it's, it's reputable. And they actually ran an article on what was on Reddit. I, I, Walter Cronkite is rolling in his grave right mm-hmm. now, but whatever. Yep. Uh, so this bride left this story, which it was her wedding. And she told her husband, her husband-to-be, do not smash cake on my face. I, I, I do, do not want this. This Don't will ruin it. the wedding. I will leave you if you do this. And she had, I think, a good reason to make that demand because she mm-hmm. had actually had been injured from a prior cake-smashing event. It was one of her birthdays, and they smashed okay. cake for birthdays as well. Again, is this a thing? Even for birthdays, you smash cake in someone's face? What? 
I guess so. I got, news to me. News to me here. Chris, I mean, no one has smashed. Read it with the breaking. Read it with the breaking news. I guess. So. All right. So right here, I'm. I'm just gonna say there are there are people out there who would not find this entertaining. Right. I would not be I, one of them. Smash oh, cake in I'm my face. This. And I'm telling you, not only am I loving it, Scout, my dog, is loving it as well. Well. Well, wasn't that the like, like a pie in someone's face was like comedic gold. Yeah. Back back in like the golden age of comedy, right? Like smashing someone's pay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Well, okay. this became a tradition, that. you know, smash yeah. cake, got frosting, yeah. it's delicious, whatever. Right. Uh and, and so she was injured by this this cake smashing ordeal. Apparently there was some decoration on the the frosting, and so he got on her face and cut her. She was injured from this, so she had trauma of PTSD okay. from this cake smashing okay. bit. Nonetheless, she told her Husband-to-be, if you smash cake on my face, I am leaving. And so, sure enough, during the wedding, he smashed cake in her face, and she held up to her promise, and she left. And so, Chris, you're behind her on this. I am behind anyone who sets healthy boundaries and enforces them. Okay. Like, cake in the face or whatever, if you set – that's a healthy boundary. I am setting boundaries on my own physical persons. If you want to smash cake in your own face, go right ahead. Please do not smash cake in my face. There you go. Uh, and so what she said was she said that this was supposed to be the happiest day of her life. Uh, and she told him that if she did something like that, I would leave him. And so she wrote that uh, this was supposed right. to be the happiest day of our lives. And he embarrassed me in front of everyone for some prank that he knew I hated. Not only that, he ruined a $500 cake. Finally, we get to the real issue here. Money. $500 cake. My good gravy. Reminds me of a joke I, I heard one time where this guy, this person went to this uh, deli or whatever, cake this bakery, bakery, to get yeah. a, a cake. So I like that white uh, sheet cake you have there. Okay, it'll be $10 for that white sheet cake. And then the, the baker said, well, how, what are you going to use this for? Uh, for a wedding. Oh, Oh, did I say $10? No, I meant $110. Because yep. take whatever your number is, times it by 10 if it's going to be involved in a, in a wedding. And so... You are behind the bride here. She set Always. her boundaries. And, right. um, yeah, I'm curious. And look, I, so, and what's funny, I'm in the throes of wedding planning right now. My sister gets wet, My sister gets married this week in Vegas. My wife and I are driving up tomorrow. Um, she has self, set some pretty healthy boundaries for what she wants for her wedding. Okay. She, she didn't want to have kids. At, and granted, I am the youngest in my family at 41. So my sister's getting married for her first time. She's older than me. So, and she doesn't have any children. So she sent out wedding invitations, I want to say almost eight months ago now. In the wedding invitations, it asked for you to dress formally, to not bring children, um, and, to, and to designate a driver or to come via Uber because they're going to be providing alcohol okay. at their wedding. I think those are three very responsible boundaries to set up. I will be driving because I don't drink at all. So I am the designated driver for me and my wife, who also doesn't drink. So we're good there. <laughs> um, I have my tuxedo. I'm ready. I'm rip roaring and ready to go. Um, and I don't have children to bring, so we're good to go. Well, you'll have to give us an update on whether there, there will, it will be yeah. cake smashing involved. Oh, for sure. I, I'll I, get pictures. I'll send I, pictures if there's cake smashing. I'm going to assume if she sent out that kind of a disclaimer. 
mm-hmm. that cake smashing is not that, not going to happen. Now it's in Vegas. I don't know what the odds are, but I'm going to put my Ooh. money on a no Ooh, cake over, smashing. Over at under this on wedding. cake smashing. Yeah, I don't. Well, so I need to preface this though. Like, I 100 percent believe that people are going to be getting rip roaring drunk, and there's going to be cake smash. If you tell your guests to designate a driver beforehand, <laughs> it's going to be a good party. There I'm you just, go. I'm putting it out there. All right. You know what? I, I, I attended a wedding recently, and I am, I'm just of the older generation, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This We went to the wedding reception, and it was a smashing okay. wedding reception. I mean, it was a band. There was dancing. Ooh, I love this. Uh, it was a Protestant. There were, there were no drinking. Uh, there was no drinking at this okay. wedding. But it was a, it was a rip-roaring good time. You can have My time wife was sitting right next to me. Mm-hmm. I could not hear a blessed word she said. I was yelling at her. She was oh. yelling at me. And we still could not hear each other. It's like, like a, hey, a hon, how are you? No. I, I, I Love sign the language. crab cakes. I know. If you can't dance, then, you know, I, I guess just um, yep. uh, you can go ahead and leave the wedding. We should have been designated drivers for other people. All right. Hey, there let's get go. to a, we a lot of stories Real to stuff. unpack. Real stuff, yeah. I want to jump in at the NFL. We, we did that last week, and I, yep. I, I, I love sports. And we so do. there are some legal stories here when it comes mm-hmm. to sports as well. Let's jump right into this last week's events. Now, did you watch, I believe it was the Monday night game. It might've been Sunday night. The Cleveland Browns were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did you that see that Monday. game? No, I was, I was doing wedding prep. Joel. Okay. At, I believe it was right before a half. T- you were doing wedding prep, bro. It's going to be a crappy bro. wedding. All right, whatever, bro. <laughs> Dude, turn in your man card. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's move on here. So it was right before halftime. Nick Chubb, who was the running back for the Cleveland Browns, just Okay. Did a normal running play, whatever. Yeah. And then the announcer says, oh, we cannot show a replay of that. We got word from our producers Ooh, yeah. that is too gruesome of an injury. We won't even show a replay. So right then, my wife gets on the internet and starts looking for pictures, <laughs> videos of that. I can't see that kind of stuff. That, that's just too gruesome. Apparently, it was a very, very bad injury for Nick Chubbs. He, his, uh, his leg was going in the wrong direction that legs are not supposed to go. He's going to miss the rest of the season, which brought up to me. I know we've discussed this before. Chris, I think running backs need to get paid on a different pay scale yes. than the rest of the NFL. <laughs> They're getting hit every play. I, would, I, I think if we did a statistical analysis, you would see that running backs run between 65 and 70% of the plays in depending on the offense. And even if they're they're running, I, I would even say 100%. Or they're blocking. Right? Because yeah, they're blocking. either one, they're getting handed off the ball, in which case they're getting slaughtered, or it's going to be a fake and they're not getting the ball and they're still getting slaughtered and mm-hmm. hit. So whether they get the ball or not, they're getting hit. I guess if it's an obvious pass play, they might be just blocking and that's just going to be a right. normal kind of hitting. But still, it's a vicious game to be an NFL running back, so much so oh, yeah. that I think they abuse and misuse running backs because they have a very limited shelf life think of them like a i don't want to say a cheap tire but you know you go to the tire store you buy a tire how many miles do i have on this tire that's what you have with running backs they have a set shelf life and then they are done well here's a problem with nfl contracts people um when you get drafted your contract is pretty much slotted and guaranteed for the next two to three to four years, the team yep. has control over you. So teams are seeing if we draft a running back, we can run them ragged until they are useless. We will get our money's worth for those four years, 
and then we'll just discard them and move on to the next running back. Right okay. here, Nick Chubb now is useless. Now, I, I know his contract was that he was at the end of his contract anyways, but let's say he was not at the end of his contract. What, what do you think his chances would be next year? Well, let me tell you what his None. chances would be. He would be cut because NFL Absolutely contracts cut. are not guaranteed. And so right. uh, they, they can't cut him while he's injured. But lo and behold, next year it's like, oh, you had your surgery. Now you're healthy. And now we're going to cut you. But, and so it's, um, it, it's a huge deal here, I think, right. with NFL running backs. They need to be on a different pay scale. I don't. I, I completely agree with you on that, Joel. The, I mean, the the product isn't the same. And I know it's it's harder, I sh you know, boiling down a running back to a product when they're a person, but quarterbacks have X amount of uh, solid years, linemen, defensive ends, tackles, linebackers, they all have X amount of years that they're going to be able to play. And the greats, the absolute greats of our time, right, the, the Barry Sanderses and the Emmett Smiths, right, and the Jerome Bettises and stuff like that, that, that had a long career, well, I just named five out of the last 30 years. Right, right. How many running backs have come between 1990 and 2023? And many of those that you mentioned, they knew how to not get hit. Barry right. Sanders was genius at not getting hit. Right, uh, and he had a really crappy team. Like, his O-line at the Detroit Lions in the 90s wasn't exactly, like, you know, Pro Bowl material. Yes. So, he had, he, I mean, it's a hard, and running backs are a dime a dozen. Why? Everybody likes to score. Everyone loves the feeling of getting across that touchdown line yes. and just just carrying that. Whether it's a game starting touchdown, whether it's a you know contributing to the point spread, whether it's a game winning touchdown, everybody loves. I do think though the running back score. is different than the other positions you just mentioned because the right. other positions they don't lose their effectiveness as quickly as running backs. They don't. Historically, you look at the average, even the the the, the star running backs. They hit a point in their career where they're just no longer useful. They, they can't right. find the openings as quickly down. as they used to, and then the, the right. openings just just close. And it, it, if you can't, if your running back can't hit the opening in stride, then it's pointless to even run that play. Right. And I think the running back is just a different position. So much so, by the way, you talk about bad timing here. This is what happened last week. The, uh, the there was a running back Zoom call that went on, and and okay. it's rumored that during this running back Zoom call, the running backs were discussing this issue of like, what should we do about this? Well, it was suggested that the running backs feign injuries, they fake injuries so that they don't get played as much until they get paid what they are worth. So hey, let's hold out for more money, realizing that how the dynamics of these contracts work. So let's feign yep. injuries so we don't wear ourselves out before we get our big payday. And so the NFL filed a grievance against these yeah. in the, the players for feigning injuries. Chris, this was done the same day that you saw Nick Chubb's leg just go the Snap, wrong direction. Yeah. It was a, such a gruesome injury. They wouldn't even show a replay. I'm not thinking that's in the fame category. Um, no. do, you, do you have any thoughts about the timing no. of that? Well, I mean, poetic justice. Like, I don't, I don't think Nick Chubb went out there specifically to go snap his leg back and, and, and touch his forehead. But um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's also, what do you do as running backs? You get together, but we're not, and, and I don't mean this. I, I actually, I kind of do mean this in a derogatory way. Running backs aren't Albert Einstein. They're not, 
Neil deGrasse Tyson. They're not Bill Maher. They're not, you know, all these incredibly smart individuals. Feigning injury? In our world, that's called conspiracy. That's called collusion, right? The NFL would be well within their right under the, the uh, NFLPA to that agreement to suspend all of those guys yes. that were on the call. And, like, and, and so the NFL has begun a grievance, grievance procedure right. against these players that were involved in this Zoom call and this decision right. and anyone who's going to feign or, or fake an injury. Right, because right. that's, that's essentially that's also, and we'll get to this, I know we will, that is fixing a game. Right. Oh, we have so much to talk about. Let me jump on right. now to my next topic from this last week. Uh, since we're on sports, let's just cover This might be on this. I don't know if this is a positive story or a negative story, but Deion Sanders, prime Coach prime Deion, is, uh, we've Coach already discussed, he might be the most amazing athletic participant. We're talking about an actual athlete, and then we're talking yeah. about a coach as well. So you're participating in the athletic event. He might be the most amazing participant in the history of sports. His coaching yeah. debut in Division One football is off to a smashing success. Uh, he, uh, they won their first game in convincing fashion. They didn't play my Nebraska Cornhuskers. That was ouch. They, he, the great coached game. Last week, then, they beat Colorado State, in which was the highest rated game mm -hmm. that ESPN has ever televised. Uh, it was like a nine point something million people viewed that. And in mm -hmm. that time slot, that was just huge. Uh, and so Dion is definitely the story of this year. So here is my the issue I want to throw out there. No one's talking about it yet. And I like it when we can jump the scoop Let's on different storylines, which we have done in different contexts. I like to pat ourselves on the back here. But mm -hmm. let's just go ahead and jump to the, the big scoop here. Where will Dion be coaching next year? Because I almost guarantee mm -hmm. you, almost guarantee you, Almost. It's not going to be the Colorado um, uh, football team, Buffaloes. Uh, he, he's too good. He's prime time. His he's son prime. might be the number one pick in the draft. So let's look at that. Well, With he was in an interview. He was in an interview yesterday where he said that both of his kids will not be in the NFL next year. Both of his kids will not be. So both one of might kids. be? Maybe. All I, he, was, he was in the interview um, – and it was kind of one of those things where he was like phoning it in. It was for a local Colorado station. Um, it was all over. It was all over Twitter X. Okay. X Twitter. We can yeah. still call it Twitter, X, right? Formerly known as Twitter is how I think it's been okay. referred to in the news. Okay. Whatever. So they're on Twitter, and um, Dion said that both of his kids will not be in the NFL next year. I thought I took it as. They're going to get one more year at Colorado after okay, this. Okay, well, that actually would be a brilliant decision on his part because right. that way now he can leave with both of his kids. So if he convinces mm -hmm. his oldest son to stay another year, then they all three can leave together. So maybe and they'll get two years out of that. I love a package deal. All right. So right, that is ridiculous. But just to humor me, I decided to look at four teams that very well might be the landing spot for yes. the Sanders team next year. I say both yep. Sanders, the quarterback, and Sanders, mm -hmm. the head coach. And I'm yep. going to start off here with my the least likely. I'm going to do a reverse countdown. Number four, the okay. Cardinals. The Cardinals, I know, just hired a new coach. So could they really fire the coach after one year? Yes. Well, they're going to lose a lot this year. And yeah, they it, are. They need a new quarterback. If they get the number yes, one draft pick, might that be a temptation if we're going to draft? 
Sanders, number one, and then hire prime time to be his coach. All right, number three, the Chicago Bears. They are pretty much done with their uh, quarterback experiment with Justin Fields. It's not working out. Their coach has now been there for a couple years. Uh, Might that be a time for a change at the top with both coach and quarterback? Number two on my list. This is a tough one here. Number one and number two, I think, are just very juicy. Go. The Las Vegas Raiders. They are a mess at quarterback. And their coach, newsflash, he, he's a great assistant coach. He has yet to ever prove him as a he, himself as a head coach. What would that look like for a prime time to be in Las Vegas? I mean, those are just like stars align. Yes. Right? That would, I mean, that would, he would, I mean, Vegas is prime time. I, maybe prime that should time be my number a, one pick. That I mean, that's his personality, right? It's the flash, it it's is. the pomp, it's the circumstance, it's the, it's the grit, it's the gold, it's it's all the that would yeah, I could see that lining up quite well actually. They I, need, and I had never thought about it until you said it. They need a, a they'll need a coach and they will need mm-hmm. a quarterback. What a perfect package! Which right. brings me to my number one team, and maybe actually Raiders should be number one, but whatever. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys will not be firing their coach. They oh. they basically told their head coach, look, you have to prove yourself this year or else you are fired. Well, he is proving himself this year. He, yeah, he has. He, he's not leaving. Like, Dallas, they're set. Yep. They're right now in discussion of being the Super Bowl lock favorite, so they're not firing their coach after this year. Maybe if he loses first round of the playoffs, I don't know. But that being said, where else in Texas might he go? Well, Houston is a mess. They are a debacle. Mess. Would that not be a perfect fit? It fix or a perfect fit in Texas, Houston. They need a quarterback. They need a coach. It's not as sexy as the Raiders, but that is my number one landing right. spot for prime time. Dion Sanders. I, I'm so. I would thought you were going to throw Atlanta in there. I thought you were counting down to to the Falcons, but. Oil, the uh, Oilers, the Houston Texans. I could see that. I could. The, the problem I, with Atlanta it's gro- is it's growing on me. It's marinating. It's marinating with me right now. Well, the problem with Atlanta is they are two and zero, and they've looked actually kind of resilient in going two and zero. And so maybe they have something brewing there. So to say Atlanta might get a high draft pick. That might be kind of tough. Uh, Atlanta mm-hmm. might win enough games that they are not going to be in the in contention to draft Sanders as the number one pick. So that leads me Lions. to this question, Chris. I yeah. think it's a, it's. I think we all we, we both will agree on this one. Tell me if you disagree. That Colorado will be without Coach Prime Time in a minimum of two years. I don't see him staying 100%. after He's two staying years. For two years. So from well, Colorado's perspective, yeah. is it better to have loved and then lost? than to have never loved at all. In other words, is it better to have prime time for two years, one, and then just pick up the pieces afterwards knowing your brand has been elevated or would it have been better to just move on to another coach and then start building for the future? I think prime has has revolutionized Colorado in the short time that he's been there. The – his style can be – his – his coaching style can't be replicated. Prime cannot be replicated. But I think that Colorado can take Prime, can get the energy from Prime, can put a boost into the the Boulder economy, both like social economy and actual physical money economy, be able to build out of that, and then 
let Prime jump to the NFL. The worst thing would be Prime jumping to another college program. I don't see that happening. I do not. Right. I think it's so NFL I think Prime's or gonna Colorado. Jump, he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna jump his way up the line, positioning Colorado to be in a really good place to get another nationally recognized, maybe a more tactical focus and less charismatic coach, right? Because Prime brings both of the things, right? Hard work, charisma. You know, he's a tactician. Um, you're not going to find a triple threat like that again. So I think it's good for Colorado to take him for two years, rebrand the entire program into something much better than it was. And Colorado's going to be grateful for it. Well, speaking of Colorado, and I do think you're right. I think he has elevated mm -hmm. their brand. And I think right now the Pac-12 is just saying, what? we had a really good thing here with prime time. I mean, now the Pac-12 right. could not be shining. Their star could not be shining brighter. It, it right. is a USC disgrace. USC and UCLA are pissed now that they left the Pac-12. Now that, oh, I mean, because every Colorado game is going to be televised now. Yes. ESPN is going to pick up Colorado all day long. And USC and UCLA are like, Hey, it, it can it, work. Just, just right. stay to yourselves and stay together. Right. Just work on right. your own conference and your brand. You have a yep. good football brand, All you have a great things. population. Why are you shooting yourselves in both feet? Well, that being said here, uh, again, we have so much mm -hmm. to talk about, but oh my uh, I, I want to just jump ahead to at least one of my picks because it's going to involve this game. I don't understand this weekend's game. Prime time, yeah. Colorado, Deion Sanders' coach team is playing the Oregon Ducks. Now, I am a huge Yay. Oregon Duck fan, kind of. My brother lives in Eugene, and so I yep. follow the Oregon Ducks, and they have always been underwhelming in big-time games. Right. They always have. Now, they win some, but, man, they don't play their best in big-time games. Well, this weekend, prime time is coming to Eugene, Oregon. Tickets mm -hmm. are like insanely yeah. expensive for yep. this game. I think the average price is like five hundred dollars a ticket, something crazy like that. Um, but nonetheless, prime effect. Yeah. Do you know what the spread is for this weekend's game? It's like three or four. Yeah, you would think that, right? Yeah. No, twenty-one points. What am I missing here? This is the lock of the week. I am taking prime time to cover. I don't know if they're going to win, but twenty-one points. Oregon is favored by 21 points. Now, I know Hunter, their their two star, you know, their two way star, there is out for a couple of weeks. I get that, oh God, but no. he is not the entire team. I don't see oh. the the loss of Hunter resulting in a 21 point beatdown at, at the hands of Oregon, who historically plays these big games really close. Well, and look, Colorado was er, um, Prime was favored 23 points over Colorado. This last weekend, it was double overtime victory. Like, get out of here. Really? 20? Yes. I might have to change a pick now. <laughs> I tell you, that, that's, that's almost my lock of the week. I, I cannot, yeah. I'm missing something here. Maybe Sanders is injured. Maybe he did have his, his left foot or toe hey, amputated. Man, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to Vegas. We're gonna, I'm going to put real money on. This is not kids. <laughs> this is not hypothetical bets. Chris is going to be in Vegas. First right. thing he's going to do is go to the sports book, and he's going to put 50 bucks. On this game. Chris, we do have a room ready for you and your wife if you need a place to stay because you lose your house. You know, our house is always open to you. You know that. There you go. I, I appreciate that, Joel. I, All do. Right. I appreciate that. Moving on to some legal news. Uh, Ruby Frank was arrested on child abuse charges, which is rather ironic because she came to fame 
because she was the host. She was the featured person on yeah. this YouTube channel called Eight Passengers, where she would talk about her unique parenting style. Well, that unique parenting unique. style resulted in right now being detained without bond as she is under arrest. So, uh, Chris, uh, fill us in on the details yeah. of what's going on out there in is it Utah? It, it's in Springville, Utah. Good gravy, I know that's Utah. in your neck of the woods. It is in my, yeah, Springville, Utah. So here we are once again with another fantastic example of motherhood coming out of the Utah-Idaho area. Um, <laughs> Who was the first one? Oh, Lori Vallow. Right. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely crazy moms. I, um, I shouldn't even laugh about that because you're, it, it's horrific. But yes. It is horrific. But it, it is one of these things where, so. If you're so, going to get a mail-order bride, make sure they're not from Utah. Is that what you're saying? I, I these jokes are horrible. It is. It is. Sadly, my, my wife went to, to school in Utah, and she spent a lot of time in Provo. There you go. So so I did marry kind of a Utah person. Anyway, she's not going to – well, and it's also true. We joke all the time. If I die under suspicious, suspicious circumstances, it's 100% my wife. <laughs> it is 1,000% her obsession with true crime podcasts and all that stuff. It was her. But Ruby Frank. Ruby is a – quote unquote social media influencer in these mom circles where she talks about, she has eight kids, um, which is not wholly unusual for members of the church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints to have, have a lot of children. Oh yeah. It's really, it's really quite within the norm to have a lot of kids to, to have big families. It's not unlike the, the Catholic church where if you go to certain right. Latin mass Catholic churches, if you don't have double digit kids, then you're kind of right. looked down upon. Right. And, and so multiply and replenish is one of the big things that the church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints focuses on. And some people take that very literally. Um, and so Ruby, uh, thinking that she's a cool hit mom starts this YouTube, you know, blog sort of thing. Part of it was started was to let other people know that we all struggle, we being, I shouldn't say we because I'm not a mother of eight, but those mothers of eight all struggle together with kind of the same things, creating camaraderie over community. She got really popular during the COVID time where all we had was YouTube to connect with one another, gained her popularity into millions and millions of viewers. Well, Chris, um, you're not a biologist, but I will take your assertion that you are not a woman at face right. value, but go on. Right here. Right here. I'm, I, I. Mm. Also pictures we can't show on the podcast. Um, but at the end of the day, she became very popular. She she has a good um, – she has a really good knack for editing and putting her videos together, and she has some good ideas. Uh, whether they're original or not, who knows. Uh, but about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, a neighbor had this emaciated child – that looked like they had been essentially tied up in a basement somewhere for a while, show up at her door. And it's very odd for this section of Utah. It's a very affluent area of Utah. Uh, not normally a place that you would find an emaciated child that has markings of duct tape around ankles and wrists showing up at your door. Um, this is also a big area that's a OUR, which we'll get into the Tim Ballard stuff a little bit later. They're, they drink that Kool-Aid very heavily. And so um, this set off a lot of red flags at this person's house. She calls 911. Come to find out. Come to find out 
that this is one of Jody or one of Ruby Frank's kids. Okay. He was being held, um, quote unquote, punished in in Ruby uh, own admission that he was he was being put in timeout, um, which to the rest of us on the outside looking in. I'm not a parent, so I will default to you, Joel, because you raised some really good boys. But I don't feel like um, a, putting a 12-year-old in a room duct-taped with their hands and feet together and not feeding them is a proper punishment. Could be wrong. Not a parent. I have jokingly said in the past, you should buy my book, you know, 1 in 101 Parenting Techniques Using Duct Tape. That was a right. joke. I never thought right. someone would actually do that. Yeah. Now, I'm well, also she, assuming that on her YouTube channel, she, doesn't she did not discuss this duct tape approach. No, no, no. no, no. no the duct tape. Is, though, sponsorships available if you're out there. <laughs> um, no. In, in, in her YouTube channel. And in all social media, right? Have that discussion. All social media is a very flowery, f- framed, um, very highly edited picture of what people's lives are. This is not true to life what's going on. Um, so much so that the neighbors, when they were talking with the neighbors in Springville, they had no idea that this was going on. Oh, Absolutely yeah. no idea. Because, like, she presents outwardly presents this idea like she has it all together she knows what she's doing she has this podcast and this youtube channel obviously she was blessed with this parenting ability that the rest of us mere mortals or the rest of you mere mortals could never have but in truth her secret to everything was taking away christmas and duct taping your kids together which i mean is effective but is it the right way to do it the law says no yeah, I found it interesting when I actually read the articles. You told me about the story, so I started doing some yeah. digging up. And all the articles that I read in the headlines and in the leading paragraphs that try to get oh, you yeah. into the, the article, headlines. it all mentioned as an example of the abusive parenting techniques the fact that she denied two of her youngest children Christmas. And I'm thinking, yep. there's got to be more to the story. And of course, yes, there was more to the story. I just find it interesting. That was their lead, their, their teaser to get you to keep on reading. Well, okay. I will say that where this case stands now is she is in jail along with the producer yep. of this YouTube show uh, for child abuse. And she is not being offered bail, which I find is very yep. interesting. Why a person would not be very offered telling. bail in this kind of situation. But nonetheless, she is not yet being offered bail there in Utah. Maybe they're afraid mm-hmm. that she will flee. Maybe that's a thing up there in the Utah area. Be, well, it would be hard to find. It's fleeing. And it would be sending her back to the place where she perpetrated the alleged crimes. Okay. That makes sense. So, they don't want to put the children back in danger while they investigate the allegations of this crime. It's easier to take the mom out than to put the eight kids in foster care. Well, we will follow this case as it develops. But speaking of not really knowing what your neighbors are all about, and I I assume Mm -hmm. it's probably true across the board. We don't really know our even our friends sometimes well that leads mm-hmm. us into our next story involving tim ballard and the underground railroad so explain what tim is now why is his name in the news uh, apparently it's not for an academy award-winning you know movie that might Which be out dumb um so tim ballard for those at home who don't don't know who tim ballard is because he's not this would have been me a week ago right true and lucky for you um 
Tim Ballard is a gentleman who started an organization called um, Organized, uh, under, yeah, Organized Underground Railroad. Uh, Operation, I'm sorry, Operation Underground Railroad. Now, this was popularized um, in a recent movie called Sound of Freedom, Song of Freedom, Freedom Song, something to that effect, where it talks about this former um, government agent, FBI agent. In the movie, there were some things that were changed. But essentially, it's this former government, specially trained agent that gave up his career in law enforcement to go rescue kids that are being sex trafficked, human trafficked, that are being exploited, raped, and all sorts of stuff on the essential black market which, um, by the that, way, stop right is- there. I got to tell you, that sounds like an ideal job. If I could go in there with a baseball mm-hmm. bat, an Uzi, whatever, and rescue kids who are part right. of, of a sex trafficking regime, what red-blooded human being would not relish right. an opportunity to free those kids? That is an amazing right. story. But are you telling me there is right. more to this story? There's always more to the story. Um, so, in recent years... Um, Tim has received a lot of notoriety within a lot of different communities. He's based in Utah. Um, and as well, this organization should, I don't want to downplay the idea that this is a great premise for an organization Yes, and, and human trafficking and sex trafficking in the exploitation of children for pornography purposes is obviously the, the worst things that humans have ever done, um, in the history of, of, of life. Um, Tim started fabricating some of the rescues that he did. He took credit for some rescues that didn't, he didn't engage in. Um, and there's always one thing that, and this is Chris Marone. This is gospel according to Chris Marone. Um, I've been around military members my entire life, been around law enforcement my entire life. Um, they don't boast. I've never met a military individual that's had to unalive someone that boasts about what they've done to people who are not in that circle. Did you just come up with that term on the spot, or have you used that term before? Unalive? Unalive. Uh, I've heard it a lot. A lot of social media sites now block words ah. like like killing and murder and homicide as community guideline violations. Interesting. And so I've seen a lot in social media where they say unalive as a, as a less harsh term, but I I've known a lot of military members. I've known a lot of operators and that's the term that's used for gentlemen that are Navy SEALs or special forces. They do not boast or take credit for the things that they have done. And I, I worked in very high levels of government when I was younger, um, that these men rarely talk about, when they've had to unalive someone for whatever mission they were working on. And Tim was very, very talkative about missions that he went on and rescues that he made. Um, and part of it was to raise money for right. OUR. Makes sense. Um, but also part of it was just feeding his own ego. And we're seeing that come back a lot to where a lot of his ego is getting him in, in trouble. And again, OUR, great organization. Tim Ballard got popular, let it go to his head, and now he's done some things that have made him um, have to step down. Now, I don't want to get biblical on us, but I do want to just right. throw this out there since you brought it up. There is a distinction, or this is between organization and and people right. who maybe are in the organization. Because here's a problem here. with individuals. We tend to, 
get prideful in, in, yes. in what we maybe think we have accomplished. I'm thinking of a biblical right. story involving, oh, I don't know, King David, pretty high up there in the echelon of the Jewish right. and Christian faith. And yeah. there was a moment in time when he got all high on himself. So I don't even need to go out to battle. I'm going to stay back while my troops go into battle. And that's where he got himself into trouble. And so you do mm -hmm. see this a lot where people just think of themselves too highly than they, they ought mm -hmm. or than, than they should. And you're saying maybe right. that happened here with, uh, with this individual, but with Balor. Yeah. And Ballard is, so Mitt Romney announced that he's not running for re-election in the Utah Senate. I heard that. I immediately thought of you. Right. Um, I, I, I did not put forth my papers yet. Okay. Yet. I you may will, run for you will announce it on this podcast, this podcast, will you not? That's right. If you ever will, decide. Of this is, obviously, this is breaking news. Okay. Um, but Tim Ballard's name has been floated as one of the frontrunners for the U.S. Senate seat currently held by Senator Mitt Romney. So now people are really starting to dive in because the Senate, as you and I have discussed, it's a 51-49 majority right now. Or, well, it's a 50-50 majority with right. the one that's the 50-50 going on right now. Um, if someone it, like Mr. Ballard would get that seat from, from Senator Romney, there would be an ideological shift because Mr. Romney, Senator Romney, straddles the middle of the aisle fairly regularly Whereas Tim Ballard is more towards the Mike Lee um, ideology. And so he was, and rightly so, he's popular. Anybody can run for Senate. This is America. But now more and more things are popping up. He's had to step down um, as, a, uh, as the president of OUR due to some allegations that the board is investigating that they've asked him to not associate with OUR anymore. That's a very telling symbol, right? You're being asked to step down from the organization that you started because you've become more problematic in the mission of saving kids from sex trafficking than you're worth. Interesting. And so I, I think we're going to see Tim's name pop up a lot over the next few months, uh, especially the next year, depending on whether or not he plans to run. He has a lot of powerful friends up in Utah. Utah Attorney General has already endorsed him for Senate. Um, a lot of people drink the Tim Ballard. Now, so far, uh, all of, I've heard from you, yeah. though, is that Tim Ballard uh, has a big ego and maybe exaggerated okay. some of right. his stories. Is there something more to the story oh. than just he has a big ego? Let me sit up for this. Ugh. I was like, I'm waiting for you to get to the, the, the important stuff. The important part. The salacious part. Yeah. Seven allegations of sexual misconduct with seven different women across the course of like Let's five Let's jump to that. That's the tease. That's, that's, that's the, the lead off. Point. That's the lead. That's the sexy point. Well, I, I want to get there to say that, like, look, I appreciate what OUR has done. And I think that Tim Ballard started a good organization. But then he drank his own Kool-Aid. And now Tim Ballard thinks that he everything's a mission, according to according to the board report, that he's out there. Um, seven different women, sexual misconduct allegations, stuff like telling these women as he's taking them on business trips, we have to pretend like we're married. We have to act like we're married. We have to pretend like we're married. Uh, our room can be bugged, so we need to pretend like we're married. So we need to shower together, and we need to sleep together, and we need to engage in sexual congress. And, oh, yeah, because the room might be bugged, or people might be watching us all the time. And these women are like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to help and save children. And Tim's, a, you know, he's, he's abusing that power in the relationship. And that's eventually why the board had asked him to step down and step away from the organization. Okay, so let's just pause right there because we are lawyers. Let's put our lawyer hat mm -hmm. on, maybe even your defense hat on. So what you yep. just said is that seven different women came forward and said, 
when Tim came to us about the situation, he said, look, we really got to live the part here. We got to sell yep. the part. We've got to act as husband and wife or else people are not going to, to believe us. And let's just, I, I'm not in that situation. I'm assuming all right. they're all putting their lives in the line. If someone yes, found out so. that they were not legitimate, they could get a bullet in their head and they would yes. be gone. And so mm -hmm. I don't know how that, that world works in the, you know, if you are right. a, a cop and you're going undercover, how must you go undercover to sell the fact that you actually are legitimately in that, that world? Because I do think one misstep mm -hmm. and there's a bullet in your head. So if, True. is there an allegation from these seven that there was no consent that they were actually raped or is it just, I shouldn't say just, or is it that, um, look, Tim Ballard made this request. He is so impressive or, or daunting of a figure. I didn't feel like I could really say no because the cause is greater than my discomfort. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Right. 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 I, so, so this is a couple things. Um, do you think, do we think on a legal analysis that this reaches the level of um, non-consensual rape um, or non-consensual sex rape um, for the level of beyond a reasonable doubt conviction in prison time? Yeah, and since I don't probably want to answer not. that, but is that the probably argument not. that has to be made? I think the argument that has – I don't think that argument has to be made because we're not charging Tim Ballard with rape. Okay. He's not – no Utah attorney general, no Utah DA are charging him with rape. I got you. The, the allegation then becomes, is Tim suitable or really the best person to, one, run for Senate and be a member of Congress, which jokingly I can say that actually that bolsters his ability to be a senator because – that's what senators do. They pressure people into doing things that they don't want to do and then blame them for participating in the things they didn't want to do. That's the Senate. That's what they do. Um, but from a purpose of, look, like we want the absolute best individuals representing our state, not these popular guys that, that can manipulate you and gaslight you into believing they're good. They're actually good people. Okay, so let's, let's I get the whole Senate part. And do we want to elect this person as a, as a senator? You just mentioned mm -hmm. that maybe this bolters his his credentials to be a U.S. senator. And I, I, right. I think there's a lot of truth there. But that being said, right. I, I'm not done with the legal analysis because I think we both agree that the criminality would depend mm -hmm. upon was this coerced? Uh, right. You know, and that, that, that's an issue. They're probably not going right. to bring charges uh, based upon what probably we not. know now, but maybe there's something we don't know right now. But he also was asked to resign from his company, so that's kind of the— Well, I get that, though, but that's and that's different. not the legal standard. That's, that, that's think, we can't fundraise the, because this is all right. creepy. Right. So I think that's the that's the proper response, right? You, you're you not raping. You're not raping people. You're not, you're not out there— But is he the employer? That, that's my next analysis. Right. If he is an employer, oh my gosh, does yeah. this now create a situation where you are sleeping with your employees? Yes. And yes. is there undue pressure there if he is an actual yes. employer-employee relationship? Yes. And that's where the, it turns. So I don't think this is criminal. I, I, I can't stress that enough. What he did wasn't criminal. But does it open up OUR and him to a massive civil suit, hostile work environment, labor law issues? Absolutely. One, um, OAR, OUR, 
Um, and the way that Tim explains it, which I always thought was problematic because I've been, I've been hearing about this for a while. The, the communities that I run in here in Arizona and in Utah, they talk about OUR a lot because it is a good, it is a good thing. Um, pseudo law enforcement is how they treat it, right? Tim Ballard and his trained teams go in and do the dirty work that the law can't. That's how they sell it, right? Good or bad, right? Vengeance, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Um, vigilante crews go in, break up sex trafficking ring where the law is ambiguous, right? If you're on a yacht in the middle of the Atlantic ocean, who has jurisdiction over that sex trafficking ring? Who knows? It's a, it's a international nightmare. So these guys go in knowing that kick in the doors, unalive people in the room, rescue the kids, sink the boat. That's how it's sold, right? That's what OUR is doing. You're bringing tactically trained individuals into these organizations. These seven women are not tactically trained individuals. So why are you putting their lives on the line and creating this false narrative that they have to pretend to be married? Even undercover officers bring an equally trained partner into undercover work when they know it's going to be dangerous. So these were not trained. These seven women were not trained. No. They were just seven, let's just say, moms out there. Says, I want to fight sex yeah. trafficking. How yeah, they can were seven I help? Ruby Franks. And this is how you can help. And this is what, what he told them. Now, what, you're part of the mission. Now, I get why they had to f let him go. Because if you're fundraising, we'll just do a nosedive. Mm -hmm. This is creepy behavior. This is like, Very. Uh, you know, if, if he were the uncle, Very. we probably wouldn't invite him over for th family Thanksgiving dinner because we right. don't want him around our kids. I, I get that aspect of it. Right. It's creepy. Um, as far as... You know, whether or not this goes on, I don't, I watch too much TV. I love crime TV. And right. um, is that real? I would love to hear from someone who actually does undercover work. Is this the kind of commitment that people have to bring to undercover work? Or is this a line that no one is asked to cross in undercover work? I don't know the answer to that. I, I, again, I watch too much TV, and I assume a bullet is coming for you at any moment in time. Right. But, uh, maybe we've heard the end of the story. Maybe we haven't. I, I would it. think, and this is not going to be a positive comment, I, would, I always hate it when stories like this break when someone announces they are running for office, because I cannot separate the yeah. politics from the story. So that if they were not running for office, would these stories even have reached the limelight? I know, right? It, not, not even a little bit because this was an internal investigation in the company of allegations of employee abuse or, or misconduct because it's not to the level of a crime they wouldn't it wouldn't have been a big deal if he wasn't running for set i and i think that's true across all aisles across all parties across all everything the minute that you're going to put yourself out there as a potential leader of the country like even if you're i i, I bet you wouldn't have come out if he was running for city council nobody would have cared or state legislature <laughs> and i hate nobody that care. A, a very similar story happened this last week with russell brand well russell brand if you followed him he's a comedian for 10 years, he was a despicable human being. I mean, he had sex with all kinds of people. He bragged about it, orgies, things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knew about it. He was not, he did not hide it. Everyone knew right. that was the kind of person he was. He even had a relationship in the UK with someone who was 16 years of age because it's legal in the UK to do that. Right. Is it seedy? Is it unseemly? Yes, yeah. yes, and yes. Everyone knew about that. No one cared. 
He now has tried to turn his life around and he, he did live a straight life, you know, where he's committed himself to one woman. And now that he's tried to come out and straighten his life out, now they're trying to cancel him for what he did 10 years ago. I, I just, at a certain point, I have a problem with that. We knew about this for the last 10 years. Why was there not an effort to cancel him when he was in that, that, that movement? It's only when he tried to get out of the movement that he then is canceled. So I don't know uh, what that yeah. even says about anything. All right. Hey, we are running out of time. We got so many sells, stories to cover. Let's do oh a really gosh, quick yeah. Supreme Court. I, actually, I did tease wow. a, um, uh, a, a, a new, crew crime, new true crime story. Let me just quickly give the details of that. In Delphi, Indiana, you might remember yeah. back in 2017, two young girls were found dead in the woods. It took them several years, but finally they arrested the father for this killing. I believe in 2022 21 yeah. somewhere in there and then um but most recently they just filed in court the the defendant filed in court this statement saying look uh you know the dad uh, the dad, dad did not do it instead it was done by a ritualistic cult operate uh, yeah. procedure and so that there are all different kinds of people involved in this cultist activity. And these, these women were, these girls were offered as sacrifices mm -hmm. to this cult. And that's why they were killed. It's insane. It's insane. Grizzly right? like, gruesome. Right. This is the next Netflix special, man. This is, this is insane that in, you know, I mean, 2017, right. That these, these two young girls were just ritualistic cultish type behavior. Man, we got to deep into. We're gonna deep dive into this in yes, the coming weeks I, I, and just really get into it. Here's my one prediction over this: if this does reach trial, which it will re reach trial, uh, Court TV is gonna be covering this one twenty four seven. Oh, Th this one sure. will have such details of of intrigue. It's like really a, a cult yeah. offering sacrifices mm -hmm. in America oh that's actually happening. Where yeah. in Indiana? The bread, you know, this can't be true. And so right. the intrigue here, I think, is going to just going to grip the the mind and attention of the public. Right. Which, by the way, Chris, is why we are coming. I say we, the comedian of law, is coming out with a true crime I just saw CLE. That. I just saw that. That looks really good. It's it's going to be that a lot looks of fun. Really, it good. is going to be fun. We are trying to to uh, you know cash in i guess that's a, that's a horrible thing to say nope, on the fact that so there's this huge following of true mm -hmm. crimes now chris yeah this following it i don't want to sound sexist but it does tend to come from one you know segment of the sex population and it's not the male side it's the the, the female side i'm not a biologist nope. but i can say that and, and my question is which we teased this earlier uh-huh what why are women so intrigued by this idea of true crimes might it be they as my wife has joked she could kill me and get away with it no one would know she knows enough now yeah to no, my wife, same 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 um i i i gotta again we're driving to vegas tomorrow <laughs> it is a five-hour drive from our house to vegas megan has already stacked our playlists of what we're going to be listening to it's the Mindhunter book um, about the FBI agent who first created profiling. We've got three true crime podcasts in case we get bored with the Mindhunter. Like, she's into it. And there's a lot of – there's a couple of really great jokes when, you know, in the political circles I run. And they're like, oh, if we defund the police, we defund the police, who's going to solve crime? And literally people are like, dude, white women with podcasts. <laughs> That's that is exactly how crime is going to get solved in America. Exactly. With when we defund the police, and so I don't. There's I don't a know. lot of truth there. 
Uh, I, I don't know. I'll have to. I will interview my wife exclusively, hey. and I will find out why she loves the podcasting and the true. Crimes and ask your wife if she will uh, collaborate with me on this true crimes and CLE. Heck yeah, she, she will. She is the one I need to talk to. It's going to be a lot of fun to do that. That oh, yeah. CLE. All right. For and sure. By the way, we're going to do that as kind of a uh, a tease, if you will, where we're going to try to lay out each case uh, based upon the, the, the murder scene, the investigation, mm-hmm. and then both sides' arguments. So who did it? Yeah. And then we're going to have the lawyers vote at the end of the day, guilty or not guilty, so we can mentally go through that, that whole process. All right. Oh, yeah. Let me just quickly do a Supreme Court uh, update because okay. it really wasn't much at the Supreme Court recently, no. though they are back in session. Uh, Alabama election map, if you remember from last year, they issued a decision saying it violated the Voting Rights Act. And so they came back with a new map. And again, the Supreme, the, the courts are saying this is not good enough. Right. Uh, and so this is going to go back before the U.S. Supreme Court over whether or not this new map done by the Alabama powers that be, does it still violate the Voting Rights Act? Will the Supreme Court issue a strict quota that says, no, you must have a map where, you know, uh, two out of the seven districts, uh, you know, minorities uh, and the African-American mm-hmm. population can vote in their preferred candidate of choice. Can they set that kind of quota at the, Supre- at the, the judicial know. level? All right. Now, also. Uh, before the Supreme Court, the Biden uh, asked justices to block limits on collaboration mm-hmm. with the social media companies. What happened here was, uh, you know, the Biden administration was working with social media companies to squash certain kinds of stories, whether it be the origins of COVID, whether it be a certain laptop that uh, you know may or may not have been a part of Russia disinformation, uh, you know, things like that, the, the vaccine, the efficacies of the vaccine, you know, that there some pressure put on social media companies to to squash stories that it did not like that it viewed as being disinformation well this apparently was so egregious a district court uh, slapped this down as an egregious violation of the first amendment the fifth circuit agreed and so now this is before the supreme court chris i have a huge problem with this case because i think what the the biden administration did was horrendous in trying to suppress free speech that being said, the difficulty with this case will be how can the judiciary enjoin the executive branch from communicating? I, I, it's one thing for the court to say what you did in the past was bad. Bad boys, bad dogs, sit down, whatever. As compared to say we are now going to stop you from speaking in the future. Those are two entirely different legal issues. And yes, I think what the Biden administration did was wrong. I'm not sure the courts are the appropriate body to enjoin them from speaking in the future. I, I think it's going to be tough to even prove what the Biden administration did because a lot of these allegations were pre-Biden becoming president. And so Biden was a private citizen at the time. The Hunter Biden laptop issue, um, things to that effect, were all done previously to Biden being president. So there's that issue. Um I think you're right, though. The courts can't go, hey, executive branch, you're not allowed to talk to these people. Like, you can't you can't free speech by suppressing speech. That's a huge separation of powers issue where the judiciary right. is, is trying to silence mm-hmm. and put a gag order on another branch of government. We will follow right. that case as it it's goes along. It's still yeah. in the briefing stages. Lastly, I found a very interesting case at the Supreme Court last week where the, the Major League Baseball's antitrust exemption yeah. oh my might gosh, be yeah. reviewed at the Supreme Court. Just real quickly, what happened here was Major League Baseball shut down or, or cut out like 40 minor league teams that were yep. not affiliated with the Major League Baseball 
franchises and they filed an antitrust lawsuit. Well, they there is an antitrust exemption that applies to Major League Baseball. Why is it there? Because the courts created it many years ago. It's not in the statutes. It, it wasn't like Congress gave them an exemption, but the, the courts gave them that exemption. This might be an opportunity for the Supreme Court to review the antitrust right. exemption. So we'll be following that as well. All right. And the Supreme Court loves sports cases right now. They're all about it. So hey, we'll doesn't? see how they go. Chris, that's a beautiful segue because who doesn't love a sport? So I know we started with sports. It is time now for us to do our picks for our next uh, week's uh, uh, game. So let me just kind of tell yeah. you, tell the listeners how we did last week. Bad. Let's see here. Very you bad. went one, three, and one. Uh, you did get a push with the Packers in Atlanta. Uh, and so your one win was the Chiefs over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Congratulations for picking the right team there. Let's see, how did I do? Oh. No, I got two wins, and the Rams are price fixing and fixing games. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm, no, I'm counting that as all a victory. Right, the Rams right. Go are ahead and explain games. what happened. Okay, so San Francisco playing the Rams in in SoFi. We call that San Francisco South Stadium. Um, the game was very good. The the Niners didn't dominate like I thought they would, but we're coming into the end of the game. There's end like the game. twenty. 20 seconds left. The Niners are up by 10. There's no possible way no. that the the Rams could win this game. Right. And they didn't give up. It wasn't like they just rolled over and were like, okay, F it, let's let, let the clock run down. Goff and the Rams were pushing, 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 pushing. It gets down to three seconds left in the game. And by the way, let me just pause right here. I'm watching this game, and you're probably watching as well or following it because yeah. we had picked this game, and we knew right. there was a betting line. And the betting was, oh, line 10 was eight. points, right? Yeah, and, and so it was a ten-point deficit. It, if they could get right. it above that, you know, that eight points, we could right. win our bets. We could win our bets. So what did the Rams do with two seconds left in the game? They call a timeout and they bring out the kicking crew, the field goal team, to do what? <laughs> Mess with the betting line. Yeah, that is the only thing. There is some obscure rule that if all things considered, all other things are tied division, division wins, division losses, yardage points after blah, 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 that that field goal could be. Yes. The deciding factor. So the point here is when you're looking at who should be your playoff teams, who actually makes the playoffs. And if you have a right. tie between two different teams, what is a tiebreaker? The first tiebreaker would be head-to-head matchups. And it would be division right. records. And it would be conference. Right. Things like that. Way down on the list 27th would be. 27th on the list. Would be points scored. Points scored. Go F yourself. Yes. The rant, like, literally – I'm I'm watching this game going, oh, great. Like, three seconds left. They're going to play it out. Goff is going to try to do something. No. Now, I oh, have seen and, teams. And they were set. They were set to, to, to hike the ball. They were ready to go. And we're like, okay, great. Last play. They're set. And then it's all boom, whistle. Let's bring out the kicking team. I'm literally sitting in my front room looking at my dog, like trying to make sense of all of this, kicks the field goal, Niners win by seven. Great. Niners win. We appreciate the win, guys. But it blows the betting line. <laughs> yes. And that, it, and that is the story that leads on every website. Because we immediately knew it. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that field goal is going to change the betting. It's going to go line. from people winning to losing. And millions right. of dollars are put on these games in Vegas. Millions. This is not an inconsequential decision. No. And I got to tell you, Chris, I am a huge follower of football. I watch it way too much football than you I do. probably should. Okay I don't though. ever remember seeing this happening where 
I, yeah. I, I see them try for touchdowns. I, that I see. I even see them going for yeah. two-point conversions. But when the game is yes. out of reach, I, I've never seen them go for a last-second field goal when the game is out of reach. And so it happened here, and it just happened to change the betting line while people are scratching their head and wondering, is, is something up Sh- there? Sean? Sean has to answer for some things right now. Sean, Sean what's going on, man? Because well. – I mean, yeah, I didn't lose any money. Granted, well, I just lost a little th- points. But that, that to me, is the indication that he was paying attention to the betting lines and he made a conscious decision to blow the betting lines. Wow. Which is, which is fixing. I'm sure he would never say that, would never admit never to it. That. But That's it is ending. odd to see that that is what actually took place. Well, Chris, I got to tell you, I have no compassion for you. So your record is None. still one, three, yep. and one. I'm not giving you credit for that that nope. win or that push. Meanwhile, I am giving myself credit for it because I did pick the Rams to cover, and so therefore I am on the right side of that decision. Thank you so much, Sean. My record last week was four, zero, and two. So as we are considering these controversial political issues that we discussed, just keep in mind, Chris's thinking led to one, three, and one. My thinking led to a four, zero, and two record. Just throwing that out there, Chris. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on here now. So, our picks for this week. Uh, and so, let's just go over. I already gave you my one pick for this week, my, my yep. lock. Colorado plus 21 over Oregon. Now, just some of my other picks for this week, and if you picked a similar game, let me know if you have thoughts on it. Yeah. I have the Saints two plus two over the Packers. I, I One oh. of my rules that I use when I'm trying to adjudicate a game is who do I think is going to actually win the game? I, I right. picked that first. And if a, the team I think is going to win it actually is the underdog, I am picking Always. that game. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, you are. I think yeah, the Saints are, are going to be the Packers straight up in this game, but I, I get so two points in addition to that. I, I agree with you. I didn't pick that game, but I definitely think I, Derek Carr's on fire right now. He is. That, that guy, had, he has something to prove, right? Being cut from the, the Raiders, he's got something to prove. So I think I that's a solid safe bet. And that's why you're 4-0-2. And, <laughs> Just and look, I'm, I'm one in infinity and in infinity. Just look at, at the record for the, the, the Raiders last year. Uh, yep. With Carr, and then once they decided to get rid of Carr, I mean, they weren't great, but they right. weren't bad. They were fearful. They were a decent team with Carr. They were. Once they got rid of him, they were not the same team. So I do like nope. the Saints, plus two over the Packers. The Vikings like and the Chargers. I think the Vikings win this game straight up. Ooh, now, I'll let cousin, you know. Huh? Here's what happened with the Chargers. They got Kellen Moore. Who is Kellen Moore? He was the offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Well, Dallas decided to get rid of him last year and make the head coach the um, the offensive coordinator. A lot of people were upset with that. They can know that's a horrible decision. He is actually, the, the problem was the head coach and not the offensive coordinator. Well, look what's happened since then. Dallas Cowboys offense has been amazing. Off the charts, great. And the Chargers have struggled to put it mildly. So I think the Vikings are going to win this over the Chargers, but I got even money on it. So the Vikings even over the Chargers. The Patriots over the Jets. This one's an interesting game. Uh, Who knows what to make of the Jets? Right? I mean, or the, the Patriots right now. The Patriots have never – they are now 0-2. This is the first time right. they've been 0-2 at, then I, since, I think, 2000. It's not a long yeah. time ago season. It's been the 20 years. Far, far away. Uh, and so I think the Patriots yeah. are making good strides. They have looked decent, mm-hmm. but they keep yep. losing. Yeah. 
nonetheless, I'm taking the Patriots minus the two and a half over the Jets because I think the Jets quarterback situation is just a debacle and the team is is unwinding. I don't know what's going to happen there with the Jets, but I'm, I'm taking the Patriots. I'm not yeah. going to pick this next game, but I'm throwing this game out there as a game for you all to watch. And this is one of my hot takes for this week. The Go. Commanders are playing the Bills. Okay, the Washington Commanders. Here is the thing I want you to follow with the Commanders storyline this year. Are you ready for this? I am. Hit the me. Chiefs last year averaged 27 points per game on their offense. This year, the Chiefs offense is averaging 17 points a game. 10 okay. points less. What's up with the Chiefs offense? Well, some people can say it's their refactor receivers are dropping balls. All right. Some people say it's Travis Kelsey's injury. That's a big deal. Some people say it's a right guard, right tackle who keeps jumping Whatever. off sides and holding. Yeah. The point here is our offense lacks focus. Well, yep. who did we lose last year as the Chiefs? Our offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, who is now the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. Okay. I, it's going to be a real interesting storyline to watch this year. The Chiefs offense is struggling without without Eric Bieniemy. The Washington Commanders seem to be thriving with Eric Bieniemy. Might they be a common story that we see throughout this year? Might he Maybe. be po- posturing himself for a sure head coaching gig? If he can turn around the Washington Commanders... He mm-hmm. is going to be the number one pick, I think, next year by a For lot of, of NFL oh, yeah. teams. So no, I agree. Watch that. I agree. All right. Yeah. I picked Buffalo, by the way. <laughs> That's why I can't pick it. Because I, yeah. I, I, I think the Bills are just a way better team than the Commanders. Right. All, right. All right. The Colts and Ravens. Now, this one, the Colts are an eight-point underdog. I okay. think the Colts, I think they're running back. Their quarterback, Richardson, is going to be out. By the way, he got a concussion. We called yep. that weeks ago. We were saying this is a problem starting a rookie quarterback who is a running quarterback. You're going to run him ragged. Right. He's going to get knocked out. Well, he already got knocked out with a concussion. He's probably yep. not going to play this week. They have a good backup there in Indianapolis. I don't see them being an eight-point dog in this case, so I think the Colts are going to cover against the Ravens. That's that's the bold move right there. Yeah. How about this next one? Steelers. And the Raiders. I, I, I don't Ooh, get this one. I just stayed away. I just stayed away. The Raiders one. are favored by two and a half right. points. Stayed away. What am I missing here? I want nothing to do with that game. I'm taking Steelers plus two and a half. Finally, yeah. in my dumbest pick of the week. You know what? I should just stop right here. But I'm not. I can't help myself. You're not. Because you've got to have a losing out. pick. You can't be perfect. The Bucks and the Ooh, Eagles. It's like a two-point game. No, it's a five-point game here. Five-point game. The Bucks okay. are five-point dogs against the The Eagles are Super Bowl uh, you know, the NFC champs NFC played in the Super Bowl champs, last yeah. year, uh, going up against the lowly bucks who have who as their quarterback Baker, Baker. Mayfield. Yeah. He, I think he got cut with commercial from commercial. So I, I'm picking yeah. the bucks. I have no idea why is my stupid pick of the week, but the bucks plus five over the Raiders. Bucks plus five over the Eagles. Eagles. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whoa, Which whoa, is whoa. a di- I would pick Buck. I would pick Bucks plus five over the Raiders any day. All right, what are your picks? Um, all right, so stupid pick of the day because I'm 49er faithful. They are negative ten over the Giants. I the saw Giants that. struggled to beat the Cardinals. Struggled mightily. They were mightily struggled to beat the backup quarterback of the Cardinals. I'm going to go with Niners again. I'm just going right. to say Niners are going to win by more than. Is 10. that your heart or is that your head? That's my heart. Okay. And my heart runs a lot of things. All right. Um, I took Buffalo six and a half over Washington. I think Josh Allen's coming back into it. I don't think Washington's going to be able to get there. 
Um, this is my controversial bonehead, stupid <laughs> pick of the week. Cardinals plus 12 over Dallas. <laughs> I have nothing to say. I have nothing to add. I, I got, Plus twelve is, and I think that's just me hating on Dallas. Is it more fair than anything to say else? that what we should do is take your picks this week, and then pick the opposite? Would that be a maybe, fair maybe. approach? Let's see how that let's see let's see how that works out. Maybe I'll do that next week. It's too early to be trash talking on you like this. No, but also Bengals negative one over the Rams. That that's a tough one for this reason. I stayed away from that game for this reason. Like, you don't know who the Bengals quarterback will be this week yet. Right. That's going to make um, a difference. But I'm taking them. I'm taking Bengals negative one over the Rams. That's even money, right? Bengals are going to beat it the is. Rams. Right. You're just saying I, you I think, think the Bengals fair. are going to win. I think the Bengals are going to beat the Rams. Um, and then I'm picking Houston plus nine over the Jags. Wow. You... Just because plus nine is a lot. So this is a lot of wild out of left field sort of picks here. All right. So I don't ex- I don't expect much, but I, if I win, I win big. I kind of think you're going to go 5 and 0 this week. I have dogged your picks so much so right. I jinxed them into being really into, good. Into five. Well, and then I'm picking Colorado, right? <laughs> like the, let's let's at least get me one you in the win. You want in on column. the Colorado gig too. I yeah, I just want one in the win column for sure. If that's the one that you lose, I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I'll be pretty happy about that. All right, there you go. You know, we are so out that's of my time picks. here, and so we have a lot more to cover. But, hey, now we have oh my gosh, so much fodder for next week. Thank you so much for, for listening to us this week. We do appreciate your support. Again, leave us a positive comment, a like, and a share if you are still around this late in the podcast. But, hey, oh, Chris, man, yeah. have a good week in Vegas. Don't lose all of your money. And remember, what happens in Vegas ends up on this podcast. Absolutely. See you Thank next you. week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tribe. Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support. Mm-hmm.